I want the fairy tale. I want the Prince Charming. She... <laughs> How do I put this? Isn't a fan of my kissing style. So we were boyfriend and girlfriend for about 12 hours. He's in a trash bin. He's non-recyclable. Catch you never. I love being in love. I love love. On today's episode of Where's Your Head At, we have Dr. Tara, sex and relationship expert, to prescribe a hard-hitting dose of sex advice. Dr. Tara hosts her own podcast, Love Bites. She is a professor, author, public speaker, and coach. She is here to share with you some interesting tips and tricks on how to improve your sex game. You've asked the questions, and we're getting you the answers. Stay tuned to hear how to spice up your skills in the bedroom. Where's Your Head At is a podcast that talks all things relationships, breakups, reality TV, trending shows, and everything in between. This is your new go-to destination for laughs, gossip, intimate details, advice, and much more. Hey, Dr. Tara. Welcome to the show. Hello. Thanks for having me. Welcome to Where's Your Head At? How are you? I've just got to say that I love your TikToks. They come up in my For You page all the time. Yeah. Thank you so much. Matt's constantly sending me your TikToks and he's like, look at this. This is hilarious. They're great. You, You really have nailed this TikToks. You're constantly in both of our algorithms. <laughs> great. <laughs> great to know. So you're a sex expert, right? Yes. Are you a certified sexpert? Uh, I would say, yeah. Most sexperts don't have a PhD. How, what's the training? Like, how do you get into that field? Yes. So I have a PhD in human communication, but focusing on relationships. And when I started studying relationships, I realized that the most common issue that long-term couples have is sex. It's the number one issue. Yeah. Um, it's the cause of arguments, cause of divorce, you know, list is long. So ever since then, I just thought I wanted to be a part of the solution of a big problem that's going on in the world. So I just chose to study sex and I started teaching at Cal State University Fullerton. So I teach sexual communication and okay. I wrote a textbook. Uh, sexual communication research in action that's amazing so you're teaching lots of students every week they must be obsessed with you because (laughs) they must all follow your tiktok as well as as we do (laughs) yeah they most of them love my tiktok and actually i asked them like if any of you want to film tiktoks with me like feel free to do so. Just oh. let me know. And some of them actually participated. Really? Uh-huh. That's gold. I love that. <laughs> so what's the most taboo topic that you've covered with your students and I guess online and with clients? I think one of the most taboo topics that people think is hard to like accept is like non-monogamy. So it's not even particularly a sex thing. It's not like anal or, <laughs> you know, group sex or uh, splashing. It's t- <laughs> typically it's the like non-monogamy and like why monogamy might not be the natural thing. Is that what you believe? My personal belief is that there are many different relational dynamics that fits better with people of different personality. Yeah. So there are people with personalities that are great for monogamy. Yeah. But there's also people with personalities that are great for open marriages, right? Or monogamish, a term that Dan Savage coined. So it just depends on your personality and how you go about life. What is monogamish? Monogamish is when you're like 95% monogamous and like 5% non-monogamous. Or another term is you're socially monogamous. So you only date each other, but you're sexually non-monogamous. So you're like, right. you can have threesomes, you can go to sex parties, things yeah. like that. Is okay. there any monogamish relationships where one partner can be monogamous but the other one is free to explore yeah yeah i've definitely witnessed that where the couple is in a monogamous relationship meaning two people are allowed to explore sexually as long as there's good communication and honesty but then one person just doesn't do it because they don't have time they're not interested so it really just depends on the couple yeah so what's the most common reason people come to you seeking advice do you feel what's the most common the complaint common, complaint oh. or reason so yeah. as a sex coach most of my clients experience similar issues uh, which is mismatch sexual desires or like sexless relationship sexless mm-hmm. marriage and it's uh it's quite an epidemic 
A lot of long-term couples have less and less sex. We call it like the three-year hump, five-year hump, and ten-year hump. How long have you guys been together? We're not together. <laughs> We're not together. Oh. No, we, I, yeah, I, I'm engaged to uh, my fiance Michael. So yeah. Are you guys in a hump or are you? No, we're not in a hump. But <laughs> I, I mean, in case we do get into a hump, like, what is the remedy to getting over that hump? Gosh, there are so many. It just depends on how uh, much of a sexual variety you're interested in, because you know you could. Revamp your whole relationship and attend like a sex party together. But then for some people, it's like, oh, let's just start with handcuffs. <laughs> yeah. So you know, it, it depends on how much of a sexual variety you can like explore and embrace in your relationship. But the key for these long-term relationship humps, the key is simple. It's just hard to do, and it takes effort. The key is to. Continuously remind each other of how grateful you are for one another, Aww. and to focus on each other more. Because the issue with long-term couples is they get used to each other, they get too comfortable, mm. maybe get even get sloppy. And uh, the one thing that I have noticed a lot of long-term couples experience is they lose desire for the other person completely. They don't even find their partner attractive. Wow, and it's. Pretty. I mean, it's it's a it's the reality. It's pretty hurtful. But there are many things that a couple can do, like introducing novelty, continuously date each other, focusing on each other, making more uh, quality time. So there's many things you can do, but you just gotta make sure you put in the effort. Yeah, yeah I was about to say, and it wouldn't be just a quick like solve of the like a right. solution to it. Like you can't just say, all right. Let's get handcuffs and handcuff each other. Like I think there's a lot of work that would need to go into that. A lot of like Absolutely. Yeah. It's it's definitely scary for someone who's in, I guess, a new ish relationship. So I've been in a relationship now for officially about sixteen months. And it's scary to think that that's like on the horizon and coming. <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, the fact that you said that, you're most likely not going to experience it because the fact that you said that, you're going to care. And the people that have this kind of issue, they stopped caring. Yeah. I reckon, Anna, you'll be okay. Just... Get a, just keep having sex. Yeah, just dating? get a nice tight little number for Michael every now and then. Turn him on again. <laughs> that should be all right. So you have a podcast. It's called Love Bites. Do you want us to tell a little bit about that? Yeah. So long story short, uh, when I got a job as a professor, I was working towards tenure. And like in the American uh, professoral system, becoming a tenure professor is kind of like the highest professorship that you can get to wow so once i got my tenure i thought well you know what would be like a fun exciting thing to do outside of academia so i started uh, podcasting and then that after i started podcasting i got really good reception and after that i just started my social media i started my instagram i started my tiktok and it kind of just went like viral from there from from tiktok yeah yeah (laughs) yeah but the podcast is really fun because it's all about sex (laughs) (laughs) And I interview anyone from, you know, highly qualified sex therapist or researcher to a sex worker or porn star, right? Like anyone who has sexual experiences to share. And even just like an amateur couple that had threesome for the first time, who's willing to talk about like play by play what happened, how you got there. So it's like... It's super interesting to me and uh, I feel really lucky. It's been like such an amazing reception. Wow. I can't wait to listen to this podcast. That sounds incredible. <laughs> yeah, I would love to listen to a couple. <laughs> like, you know, like just a young couple and they've started and they've had a, like, a, their, their first, first race. Yeah, that'd yeah. be fascinating. Yeah. Okay, well, Dr. Tara, we are going to talk to you about spicing up the bedroom next. All right, so let's start it off with tell us a bit about the male G-spot and how to stimulate. <laughs> We're getting deep <laughs> We're and getting dirty straight away. Pun intended. Yes. I think. 
<laughs> oh, I love the male G spot conversation. So the male G spot is about two inches inside a man's butthole. Yeah, and typically you can experience pleasure through stimulation, some kind of stimulation. This could be even not inserting, but like massaging the taint area, like by pressing it harder and harder, you could feel also the pleasure through there. Like taint massage is something that is apparently becoming very popular because I just did an article on Cosmo about that, and people are interested. Wow! Uh, yeah, definitely. But then, if you want to like move it up a notch, let's move it up. Which I'm pretty sure your listeners want to. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah let's go. Is to insert inside a man's butthole and kind of feel the male G spot from there. It's two inches inside, and I mean you can just do a finger and move it there, kind of like the same fingering motion as when you would finger a vagina. Or you can also do a butt plug. Okay. Or you can also do a strap on. <laughs> nice. Sorry for the ignorance, but is it? Like, so you said it's like a vagina, so it's up. It's, so you go in yeah. and then up and t- turn on mm-hmm. it and it's right there. Yeah. Well, there you go. People listening. <laughs> for, everyone, for everyone listening, Matt's like fully doing the motion to all of us. <laughs> so we're, try, getting a, we're getting a real glimpse. Get out where it, just trying to figure it out, you know, just yeah. asking for a friend. <laughs> <laughs> Would you want to try? Uh, yeah, I'd be. I, I've said to before on the podcast that I'm willing to try everything. And like, if that gets you off, yeah, that'd be... I'd love to try that. Yeah. 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 I like like that saying, like one of my friends taught me, I'll try anything twice. (laughs) (laughs) Love that. I say normally once. Yeah, Matt goes The first time might be bad, but the second time might not be. So I'll try anything twice. Okay. I'm going to steal that expression. I love it. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. You mentioned edging before. What's edging? Yeah. Edging is basically stimulating yourself until you're like on the edge of almost coming, but then you stop. So you withhold the orgasm and you don't come. And like it works for men and women. People think it's just for men, like women itch too. Okay. And how does that improve your orgasm? So for men, there's literature that shows edging helps with premature ejaculation. So the more you practice edging, the more you're going to be able to basically hold the same practice when you have sex with someone face to face, like in real life. Right. So if you watch porn and you masturbate, like try edging so that you don't come too fast because then when you have sex with a person in real life, you might come really fast. So that's kind of the recommendation from like a lot of male sex coaches. Is that like getting right on that vinegar stroke and then you're right there yeah. and then just holding it? Fuck, that would take yeah. a lot of Have you done it? Have you guys done it? No. no I, I probably. <laughs> I might, I'm going to try and let you know how so I go. Just, so just part of my ignorance, do you mean like you almost come and then you just fully stop and then just go on with your daily life? That would be so hard. <laughs> that would take some serious mental strength to just be yeah. like, nope. <laughs> And then I guess what you're saying is then the next time you are heading towards coming and you actually let yourself come, the orgasm is much bigger. Is that correct? Uh, it could be that or it could just be that it helps you last longer when you're a man. When you're a woman, yeah, it could help you have a more impactful orgasm. Mm. I'm, I would, I'm, We've got some lots, lots of homework tonight, I <laughs> yeah, reckon. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah I love edging sometimes like you know I will like watch porn or listen to erotica and then I'll like masturbate with a vibrator and then I would almost come but then I would stop wow, wow. just to tease myself a little bit and then you know I'll sometimes I will resume and sometimes I won't sometimes I just go on and uh, go teach at a university does that not cause blue balls for guys it could um, but it is a part of the practices that many sex coaches would recommend to males who experience like premature ejaculation or yeah. like sexual anxiety. What's your um? What's your opinion on porn? You say you watch it. I know that a lot of people in the round that we've interviewed before say that they don't agree with porn. Do you do you agree with watching porn? I think uh, porn is great in moderation. Yeah. yeah, I think that it helps people learn like stimulation. It helps people get aroused. It helps uh, couples explore other things. Mm. But I don't think it's good when you rely on it every time. So I know many people that when they masturbate, they have to watch porn. 
cannot masturbate without porn. I think when it becomes like a reliance like that, just like anything else, like you really shouldn't have to rely on anything. Yeah. Um, so when that's the case, then I think it's a problem. However, I don't vilify porn. I think it porn is fine. And I think there's a lot of good porn out there, but there's also some shitty porn that's like creating anxiety and terrible expectations for people. Yeah. Because you see like there's, there's a lot of heterosexual porn where the man will come in, like lift up the skirt and like just start fucking and like you know i'm like girl that girl's dry as fuck <laughs> i was gonna say that do you like, think, she do you, is not wet waiting for you <laughs> i was gonna say do you think that it, watching porn at a young age from males fucks up their their perception of sex when it comes to the real deal you know i i'm gonna have to say yes <laughs> it's a bummer but i think uh, i mean when you're like 14 and you're watching this type of porn, it's definitely going to set some kind of weird expectations and can cause a lot of anxiety when you finally like get a girl and like try to have sex with her. Yeah. Um, however, there's this whole new genre of ethical porn. Have you guys ever heard of yeah, that? Yeah, I have. Yeah. I have Please explain. Yeah. So ethical porn is made with like, usually it's everyone's paid fairly. Everything's clear and transparent. But the main thing is... All the scenes are made realistic, like a real encounter. Yeah. So there isn't, you know, one of these where someone like shoots squirt for like 10 feet. (laughs) So you're saying that you're saying the pawns when like the uh, doctor comes in and he's patient and she has a patient isn't real. You're telling me that that's not going to happen to me one day. Exactly. No. So it's like, it looks like amateur porn, basically. It's like a real, it looks like a real couple and there's a lot of kissing. There's a lot of like just heated making out, touching, fingering, you know, maybe rubbing the booty hole, whatever it is. There's just like a lot of foreplay. And then the sex is typically very like passionate and loving or maybe kinky, but it's never like super violent or something like that. Yeah, it's super believable. Like it almost looks like vlog style kind of thing. Like you're watching like an influencer couple like just like record <laughs> sometimes they do they're like I mean I this is something I watch they like record their day and then all of a sudden they're just like showing each other some like boobs <laughs> and then all of a sudden they're having sex but it looks really like you're just right, send me peering, a link. peering oh. into someone's life almost it's like a vlog yeah yeah you've spoken a lot about how couples should praise their partner during sex or after sex can you touch on that a little bit yeah i think we should all compliment our partners more in general yeah i think there is somewhat of a like taking your partner for granted Mm -hmm. after you've been with them like maybe one year so i'm always like a huge supporter of continuously giving compliments to your partner and that includes in bed that's why like praising them giving them a lot of verbal like just shower them with like verbal orgasms yeah (laughs) is so great and it's not like you know a face one it's not like oh my god your your dick is bigger than shag or (laughs) (laughs) i mean i'd love to (laughs) i mean i don't know how big shag's dick is but uh it's like real authentic praise but continuously like doing things like that can really remind your partner about how great they are how great of a lover they are there's also research that shows that it improves their sexual self-esteem yeah which is always great in performance and you know sexual wellness yeah i I find that helps me get off when oh yeah when you get praises when i hear like yeah that feels like when they tell me that and they say like your cock feels so good and then i'm just like whoa and literally within (laughs) seconds i have a question what's you guys's favorite praise praise um i love when i get told how big my cock is (laughs) Yes, all men do. I love that. Yeah, I, I've, yeah, I've got to admit that's that's great when they're they're doing their thing with it. Yeah, I don't know. I think like your ass looks really good from this angle. Is always Ooh. like hot. You're an ass girl. Yeah. <laughs> so when uh, when they got you in like doggy, love that. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. What's yours? What's your? F- yeah. Mine is your pussy feels so good. Yeah. Yeah. Love that. I used to get told. <laughs> I used to get told my pussy's your cock's home or something, and I was like, "What? Whoa. That was a weird one. It's <laughs> it's where it's meant to be." 
Okay, you talk about high quality sex. What is that? High quality sex is the type of sex that when two people or more are done from sex, they feel extremely satisfied and fulfilled. And that's high quality sex. So when people ask me, oh, describe, like give us three, basically three characteristics of high quality sex. I said, it will all be different. For someone who loves anal, anything else that's not anal is not high quality sex. Okay. Right. For someone who loves sploshing, like splosh food all over body and licking it off, vanilla sex is boring and non-sploshing sex is not high quality sex. So it just so depends on what you're into. If you are into sensual, loving, a lot of kissing and grabbing, but your partner is into like kind of more violent, aggressive, uh, tough, rough sex, Mm. then maybe you have to communicate in order to meet in the middle or have sessions that are different rhythm throughout the week so that both people are having high quality sex so there isn't one concrete definition for everybody because we all like such different things like do you guys do you feel like you are someone who feel more turned on by like sensual loving sex or more like rough and like aggressive sex I love, um, yeah, I love aggressive, like a quickie sort of like, like I, I assume yeah. that's like a lot of blokes like that. I don't know. But like yeah. I like to just get in there and like, you know, like it's hot, steamy and it's, you know. Yeah, yeah. like a spontaneous fuck. Yeah, I love yeah. a spontaneous fuck. I hate like the one where you've been laying in bed and then it's like, oh, like you're all relaxed. You know what I mean? Like I like to come in from the gym. <laughs> you don't want to feel relaxed? Yeah, like I like You're that. like, I want to feel stressed. Yeah, like, and then it's like, yeah, just getting to <laughs> Testosterone. it. Testosterone. Yeah. What about you? Um, It depends what mood I'm in. Like I love like sensual like slow but then it moves into like really fun like quick Mm -hmm. just like sweaty hot sex you know like start off like slow and like lots of foreplay and then move into like really like what's foreplay (laughs) 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 are you having high quality sex (laughs) yeah no well yeah look i should probably i should probably sit down you probably need some tips on some foreplay like i said like you said before someone's high quality sex is a lot different to someone else's so like you said do you find that a lot that a lot of people come in and partners and they can't find that middle and they can't match their high quality sex like is that a common yeah Yeah, it is. Especially when your preference isn't traditional. Yeah. Especially yeah. when preference, like let's say if you're a very kinky person, like one of the per- people I coach is a very kinky guy and he's into very, very kinky, non-traditional stuff. That's going to be tough for, you know, his wife to adjust like throughout their lifetime. It's going to be hard for someone with like a very particular type of desire to continuously have high quality sex and i mean that's just like the reality of it right if if you're into for example and this is not my client but like if you're into scat play what's, what's that? scat play, what's scat play? <laughs> playing with poop during sex uh, okay. i thought so i thought that's what you were saying <laughs> scat yeah but i just want to double check so if you're into scat play and that's your like super turned on you're like oh that's just so hot i don't know how many times a week you're gonna be able to do that yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so then again you know back to your point i think yeah for some people especially if your desires are somewhat non-traditional it's gonna yeah. be a little harder yeah have you always been um, super sexually open and accepting or have has this kind of been like an evolution for you? Girl, it's an extreme evolution. Yeah. <laughs> Anyone that knew me like from my previous life uh, <laughs> is shocked. Really? <laughs> I was a lot more conservative. I was a lot more... Uh, I would say objective and conservative and I don't necessarily see sex as an important thing. I mean, granted, I was always like an, you know, horny little kid. Like I remember (laughs) being, you know, like 12 and like 
trying to masturbate with a bidet, you know, because in Thailand <laughs> we have bidet. Like I come to America, there's no bidet. I'm really sad. <laughs> um, they all have dirty assholes. But <laughs> but uh, in Thailand we have bidets, and I remember using bidet on my clit, and I just like, whoa, what's this? And I was 12 and just like excited, and I just yeah. have always been like a horny girl and like inquisitive. But you know, as you grow up and you're in this modern society where like sex is taboo, you kind of just suppress your interest and you know get off elsewhere or in secret uh so i've had just done that like throughout my you know teens and 20s basically this is this is new this is like an evolution of i would say the last about like six years i have really gotten into like spirituality and like spiritual awakening Mm. i started like you know, doing shrooms. <laughs> and then I did ayahuasca for the first time a few nice. years ago. And all of that kind of like really changed the way I think about myself and how I interact with the world. And finally, I was able to really like speak up and vocalize things that I find important, which is sexual wellness. I find it very important. Yeah, I was actually married before when I was young. And, you know, like, I don't want to, I never want to talk shit about like our marriage or anything like that. But everyone knows that, you know, I wasn't sexually fulfilled like ever. Yeah. Uh, So that's something that has been going on in my life for a long time. So I would say I come from a place where I'm like, no more. Like, I'm not going to be this girl where I just fake orgasms, like just to, just so my partner is happy and I don't get anything out of it. I can't imagine another, you know, like 40 years with this type of sex. So, yeah. And it's not like just his fault. Any When it comes to sex, it's never one person's fault. Yeah. Like, you know, you're a part of that experience and you're not communicating you and me. Like, you're not communicating your desires. You're not giving them feedback. You're faking an orgasm so they think you're coming. So all of the things that I was doing was coming from like such an, unconfident low self-esteem place so i would say i i grew a lot yeah speaking of faking orgasms i was on a tv show with matt and on the show i actually voiced that i would never fake an orgasm i was like i will never give someone credit for work they haven't done and there was a lot of like people were quite shocked by that like that was a couple of years back in 2019 and people were quite surprised that I said that, right? Yeah, they were a bit yeah. Back. yeah, because statistically, like half the women at least, this is the people that actually report the truth, half the women have faked an orgasm, right? Like I commend you for like, I'm not giving him credit for things he's not doing. <laughs> I feel like I've been giving extra credit. <laughs> and all the, you know, a lot of guys that I slept with, which kind of a lot, <laughs> that I didn't actually come and I faked an orgasm. I feel like I've been giving them extra credit and really not helping them in any way because they're probably <laughs> having not such great sex with their current partner. Yeah. Um, so I commend you for that because a lot of women were trained and socialized to be nice. Yeah. What do you think about the orgasm gap then that they've been talking about in the media recently about how like sex finishes when a man finishes, not when a woman does? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. It's really sad. I mean, we were socialized to like, oh, just be nice. Just lie. White lie. It's a white lie. Yeah. Um, you know, just tell him, just tell him you're done when he's done. Like, oh, that was so good. No, it wasn't. <laughs> you know, I think all of that plus, you know, you know, I think plus the fact that like toys and clitoral stimulation hasn't been a part of like any type of sex at talk forever. Yeah. That has a huge impact of women not coming because women need clitoral stimulation to come. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. I think bringing a, um, a vibrator into the into the mix is a um, godsend. It's definitely helped me. Ooh. Out. Definitely helped yeah, me. Yeah, that's a, lot. a great mindset. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I reckon that there's that saying that men that are friends with sex toys go to heaven. So. <laughs> I'll, I'll oh my god! Going. I need a T-shirt of this. <laughs> yeah, I need it on a T-shirt. I, so I, for any men listening, like they are your best friend. Don't yeah. Don't neglect them. They oh, make yeah. your life so much easier. Okay, so let's talk 
through nipple play because you speak a lot about that. How can you incorporate this into your routine? So I think nipple play is a good foreplay and mid play. Mm. And nipple play isn't just like, let me suck her nipple a little bit. Let me like squeeze it a little bit. It's like extended time just focusing on the nipples. And because nipples have tons of nerve endings, yeah. it will help create so much more arousal and basically help women get wet more and help get their vagina like prepared. Yeah. Um, that's why I always recommend nipple play in foreplay. Uh, and this is like, you know, focusing on the nipples, maybe you're licking them, sucking, squeezing, or just massaging in general and spend a lot of time, like spend like at least five minutes on I, just the nipples. I don't know about other people, but I, my nipples are quite sensitive. So mm-hmm. like, is, is that something you can overcome, I guess? Well, that's all the ner- that's the tons of nerve yeah. that she's talking about. I but you just like push through the sensitivity. <laughs> is it sensitive in a good way or sensitive say, like it yeah. hurts? It doesn't hurt, but it's just so sensitive. I'm like, ah! <laughs> you know yeah, I mean? then maybe push through. Yeah, push, push through. that's probably a good thing, yeah. You could get nipple orgasm. What? That's a thing? Yeah, so like one in three women can get nipple orgasm. I mean, uh, technically <laughs> all women can get n- or nipple orgasm, but like that's how many people have reported that they have gotten nipple orgasm where you, yeah, you get like tingly all over your body and like your vulva is tingly basically an orgasm uh, from nipples. Yeah, my mate slept with a girl who had that. And really? And she was like playing with her nipples like the whole time. She was asking him to. Wow. Ooh. Yeah. I've never heard of this. How, how have I not heard of this? Girl, men can get nipple orgasm. Right. Really? Uh-huh. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. So I think men can get multiple orgasms through like nipples, through, of course, their penis, taint massage, and like a little finger or a butt plug in their butthole. Like that they can get multiple orgasms too. Men think they can only ejaculate and like come through their penis, but there's so many different ways. Yeah. And then let's talk about squirting because I feel like that's, something that can happen and a lot of women report but not a lot of people can achieve is that correct yeah (laughs) that's uh sounds about right yeah (laughs) and based on like just me talking to so many people I mean there's I have a survey out there there's like 5,000 participants you know it's it's not something that everyone can focus on to achieve but the functionality like the parts are there yeah. So how do this? How was it a girl focus on it to let it happen? Like, yeah. how does it happen? You know, it's so much harder like talking about it versus like Doing. showing. <laughs> wow! Look, this is <laughs> yeah. this is why uh, there's some educational porn uh, mm. out there. Like, mm-hmm. there are porn stars that just do educational videos where they like will do squirting videos where it's like zoomed in super close and there's no like you know it doesn't show like foreplay or anything like it's just like technical Um, and uh, one of them is my uh, my friend Kenneth Play and he he makes like he does squirting instructional videos and how like to make a girl squirt and like how to angle the hands and the fingers and what it looks like what the vulva and the vagina looks like when she squirts and it's basically letting go of the ejaculate in a woman's body and it's not like what porn shows when you see when it shoots a ton of water and shoots really far that's urine okay (laughs) when you just squirt it's kind of like and you can kind of feel a liquid coming out if you're fingering you can feel it in your fingers and hands and she kind of just gets really wet and it's basically ejaculatory orgasm and in eastern or i guess like tantra teachings which is not something i'm trained in i'm literally like i'm trained scientifically but like i learned tantra about four years ago and i'm fascinated yeah Uh, in tantra teaching that's like almost like the best kind of orgasm because it allows the woman's body to like renew the energy so like the stuck energy is gone wow which is like something else it's a little bit meta metaphysical but uh it's something that you know it's an old age like teaching and and i find it so fascinating i find tantra so fascinating as well it's something that i've always wanted to do i know they have like 
you can go to like a tantric teacher and actually go there with your partner and they kind of like take you through it. And it's always something that I've been fascinated and interested in doing. I haven't yet booked anything yeah. in, but it's something that I would love to do. Ooh, report back. I yeah, will. Report, yeah, I'm Definitely. interested as well. Yeah. Let's talk about consensual humiliation, something you've spoken about. Can you just take us through that? There's a real <laughs> fetish for this, isn't there? Yeah. Yeah. Do you want me to step on your little fucking dick? <laughs> oh, that's, that's sort of hot, wasn't it? That was <laughs> that was sort of hot. <laughs> I'm blushing. Have you been a dirty little whore? You have a dirty pussy, huh? You little whore. Like Does that get you things off? like that can work for a lot of people. <laughs> and you know, I give examples here and there on TikTok. Just like it, it makes people laugh because they're like, "Whoa, that's unexpected." Yeah. <laughs> but a lot of people like enjoy it, and psychologically, I mean, it turns them on and you know men will like get a a, a boner from listening to things like that because <laughs> oh, somehow I don't know that <laughs> no I mean like I said I I'm open to like anything like yeah. I, I'm real open to anything can really get me going like I'm I love it. It's yeah, it's hot. Well, like, yeah. yeah. I want to talk about why longer foreplay does increase sexual desire because Matt always jokes about how he hates foreplay, but I feel like we can convince him <laughs> that maybe foreplay what is, this is word the way you, to go. What is this word you keep saying? <laughs> no, I once said that I'm gonna do I'm gonna do such a long foreplay. I'm gonna root foreplay. It's gonna turn into sixteen play square oh rooted. <laughs> yeah. So a lot of women have what is called responsive sexual desire. And a lot of men have spontaneous sexual desire. Mm. Spontaneous sexual desire is when you can get sexually stimulated and get aroused quickly. Yeah. Responsive sexual desire, on the other hand, is where you can get aroused later. So that's why it takes time for women to get completely warmed up, get like wet pussy and get aroused. Mm. Like, oh, I want to I want to fuck, right? Most women will find that in long-term relationships, they are not able to do these like spontaneous sex or quickies as often. They won't get wet because it's difficult to get aroused quickly. However, uh, it doesn't mean they don't get aroused, right? They do, it just takes time. Mm. So foreplay or basically like nipple play, kissing, kissing on the neck, grabbing the legs, the thighs, the ass, uh, butt massage, um, massaging the butthole, and then playing with the clit all those things contribute to the stimulation that as a result help women get more turned on basically help more blood rush to the clit which is now like you know it's it's taught in sex ed like the clit is the penis and when the blood rushes to the clit it's like getting a hard on mm. right you want the clit to be stimulated and like hard and get like bigger it means that she's ready and then another indicator is when she's a little wet or somewhat wet or very wet yeah so uh, like guys can't get like have sex without being hard women shouldn't have sex without their clit being stimulated you know exactly exactly and i think you know there's also no shame in using lube lube yeah. feels great there's some amazing lube out there so i think at the end of the day if you guys were like let's say if you were having long extended sexual play for one day a week but you want to have you know quickies two other days a week you yeah. can totally use lube as well because the the cool thing about women's bodies you know it's, we're just so amazing the cool thing about women's <laughs> bodies is they can also get into it during a penetration so if you were like doing a quickie and she's yeah. like psychologically ready and she's like oh yeah i want to fuck even though her body Body is not there yet because there's lack of foreplay with lube and with like you know uh, penetration and also like clitoral stimulation like at the same time she could still come and like have an orgasm and all of that because the woman's body is just amazing yeah you talk a bit Amen. about um, mutual masturbation how do you think this could spice up things in the bedroom um well 
first off, do you guys do mutual masturbation? Yeah. I've I've yeah. done it before, not at the moment, no. Yeah. I mean mainly when I'm hungover. <laughs> yeah. We more would just like I'll I'll get off and then she wouldn't sort of thing. I would, but she's like, nah. So like I'll play with Yeah. Him. I think mutual masturbation is perhaps like a little bit more norm like not normal, common, more common for long term relationships. Mm. From my investigation, like a lot of the women will tell me I usually do that when I'm on period because like she won't want penetrative sex like some women love period sex I mean I really like period sex my partner not so much Uh, so we will resort to mutual masturbation or like masturbate or like hand jobs so like he will play with my clitoris and then I'll like give him a hand job until he comes which works too so like either a hand job or mutual masturbation where he will jerk off and like I play with my clit and then we like kind of come together and we can audibly share like moaning Um, then it's still like a mutual like a good connection experience versus just like I go masturbate secretly in the bathroom. Like, why? It's a beautiful thing. Coming is a beautiful thing. Let's come together. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, well, we are going to talk to you more about relationships and dating next. So let's talk about what your thoughts are on the trends and culture of dating in 2023. Mm, Wow. So the trend is people want meaningful relationships, but they also don't feel like they have to commit in a monogamous relationship. Mm. So they want meaningful connection without like kind of labels. Do you think that we'll start to see a lot less monogamy in the future? Yes. I think we will see less monogamy. I don't know if it's a lot because, you know, the world moves in a way where, you know, there's a natural movement to it. And there's a reason why it's only practiced by like, you know, a small percentage of people right now. But I do think people are becoming more kind of open-minded to the idea of, like I said, monogamish. Yeah. Like, okay, if we go about doing this mindfully, like I'm down to have a threesome. Right. A threesome is non-monogamous because by definition, monogamy means having sex with one person. Mm. So if you guys participate in threesomes or going to sex parties or whatnot, like that's non-monogamy. And I think that's why monogamish is like a much easier transition than Mm. like open marriage or open relationship because you don't want to date like a bunch of people at the same time when you're super busy. I think that's just like facts, right? Like if you're running a business, this and that, like you don't have time to like date four people. (laughs) But do you have time to fuck? You do. (laughs) So I think uh, monogamish will become more and more common. Are you monogamous? I'm monogamish. Right. What's your your ish? (laughs) Set up. (laughs) Yeah. Our monogamish is pretty simple. And I think it's like the mainstream monogamish, which is we can participate in like group sex. Like we can have a threesome. If we talk about it in advance, we collaboratively pick a person together and maybe they are a friend. Uh, We can attend sex clubs. We can attend like a sex party or swing clubs. We can attend like lifestyle resorts, but we typically do things together. We can go to Amsterdam and have sex with a sex worker for fun. Um, but uh, we typically do things together and we're socially monogamous so we're getting married as well um, and we're just with each other in terms of um, like relationship that's so interesting to me like there's just like it's you're I feel like you're such an open person and it's really refreshing to hear you talk because I I think we rarely hear people who are so open and it's and it's great. I mean it's 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 super interesting to me. Thank you so much. That means a lot to me. I'm trying to share like myself in a way that is authentic and helps other people feel more comfortable yeah. and not just like talk from the textbook. I know a lot of people are teaching things that are not they're not doing. Yeah. Do you deal a lot with jealousy? Because I just feel like if I'm putting myself into a monogamish type of relationship like you've explained, I would be so jealous. <laughs> yeah, there's no yeah. way I could have a threesome with another dude like in my partner. Um, I think because there's a lot of communication in advance. Yeah. Like if we 
you know, go into collaboratively picking a person, we have to like make sure there are rules in advance. Like number one, you know, not spending too much time uh, on the third person as much as your partner, but also taking care of them, right? Because like this is supposed to be like fun and somewhat like human to human, like loving experience, even with your third. Um, So, you know, we just have a lot of communication in advance that this is like a fun sexual thing that we do uh, together. Kind of like going to a spin class or (laughs) golf or, uh, you know, just uh, fun things that we do together. Not necessarily anything that's attached to like loving or being in a relationship with this other person. And that's why I think for us, like going to, you know, sex club or having sex with a sex worker is something that is the easiest and that's what i usually recommend for couples that are trying out monogamish or an open relationship and they want to try have sex with someone else i said the easiest way for from what i have observed is have sex with a professional Mm. and that way no one feels like oh my god you love him or her more or whatever because like it's their job this is transactional yeah and uh, but people can also meet like consensually at sex parties and sex clubs and you know we have a couple that are really great in LA uh, a couple that are amazing in New York so if you guys ever travel to New York or LA look up in advance maybe you attend one of their parties yeah (laughs) but yeah it's fascinating and a lot of people have said that you know people they meet at the sex clubs are really nice and loving and kind yeah who was the person who kind of like opened that conversation with your partner I guess like were you the one who was like I'm kind of open to this or was it him that brought it to the table or was it you both mutually kind of agreed on it it was me I was gonna say I would would think how well how does he go dating you who's so advanced in this sexual department does he he find it a little bit demasculating or is he all cool with it um no he's really proud he keeps telling people what i do (laughs) Um, he's really proud uh he's also he's also a public person um so i think our lifestyle is kind of a known thing yeah Uh, and we're both proud of it i think you know we're so I think anyone around us can tell like we are so 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 in love and we're like always um on top of each other and we're (laughs) just yeah like we're it doesn't in any way have a negative effect on us and it's also something that I think okay here's a myth that I want to help other people understand is when you are monogamish or even like people who are in open marriages you don't like have sex with other people all the time yeah yeah you don't just you know if people think it's like oh my god slippery slope like that's just gonna they're gonna fuck other people every day or you know it sometimes it doesn't happen like six months because it's so you're so busy. I mean, I have like four jobs. Yeah. So <laughs> it's just the thought of like knowing that it's there. Like, oh, if we want, we can go get naughty when we're next time we're in Europe, we're gonna bib bop over to Amsterdam, have kinky foursome with sex workers or whatever that oh. we want to do. Like, it's just the thought of the, the fact that we know that that's available is great. Yeah. What's yeah. your um? What's your thoughts on like casual sex and like one night stands? I think casual sex are fine. Like I feel, you know, a lot of sex therapists or coaches will say that that's like low quality sex or like someone will say like, oh, I don't like eating fast food. I like eating Michelin star restaurant. Like I'm like, girl, I agree. I also love <laughs> Michelin star restaurants. But having let that McDonald's French fries once a while is not bad. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Like nice sometimes you just want chicken nuggets, you know, like, <laughs> and I don't, I don't think there's anything wrong with it. I think there's, there are, there's a way to go about it that Mm. is fun and refreshing for all participants and as long as the woman comes I think it's good yeah absolutely what's your biggest piece of advice for sexual health for our listeners who are tuning in Mm. have a sexy check-in definitely regularly talk about sex with your partner Uh, my number one question that I love asking my partner is like for the last week, how would you rate our sex life from one to 10? Okay, I like that. Yeah, and we have set up our relationship in a way that we can be really honest. Like maybe some weeks I'm super busy and I haven't been attentive. He will go like, I think this week was a six. 
because you know like you've been so busy we haven't had you know a lot like we haven't had a lot of sex maybe we had sex once and you were like you, you were kind of out of it like we have given it time to like give feedback and now I don't take that as a bad thing like if he says it's a six my question is how can I make it an eight Six yeah. is still pretty high. <laughs> six is still a solid. My aim has always been yes. six is a, is a nice. Mister No Foreplay. Yeah. <laughs> well, he's only heading to a six. Yeah, I, I, no I, I don't even get four points. Oh, it's take my away four aim points. is so always six to eight and above. Yeah. <laughs> okay, we have one final question for you. What do you think of the term "fuck boy"? Because it's thrown around a lot. What's your opinion on that? Oh, I think "fuck boy." I think fuckboys are misunderstood men. Yeah. I think fuckboys are boys that are that haven't had an opportunity to figure out what it is that is the most fulfilling way to live their life. Mm. And so they take, you know, casual sex to be their like MO. Yeah. Right? Like, oh, I'm just going to fuck her and leave because that's the only thing you know because that's the only thing you know that you can achieve. Yeah. Maybe because maybe you haven't had the chance to develop something that's a little bit more long term and fulfilling, mm. um, because you haven't given it a chance. So I do think that you know, fuck boys, most of them, it's temporarily. Like you would rarely see fuck boys in their sixties. Yeah, <laughs> and if like, you do, it's quite it's yeah. quite grim. It's like a At some point, they come out of it. It's like it's like a it's a temporary thing until they feel comfortable enough to explore something else that's more fulfilling. Yeah. But I think you know to call it fuck boy and just to be like oh fuck fuck that guy he's a fuck boy like you know he's a terrible person. I don't think that like being a fuck boy equates to being a terrible person. Like you enjoy casual sex, that's okay. I agree. I mean, I've always said um, like being a fuck boys okay it's just don't hurt every girl you come across be honest with them and transparent that you're not looking for something and yeah this is just casual sex this isn't exactly going any further. yeah and i think if you communicate that both parties understand mm. how can you define why, a not? Boy? Yeah, yeah. why not yeah i just have i said one last question but i have one more <laughs> because it's kind of current in the media at the moment what do you think of slut shaming culture um obviously you speak very openly about sex which is super refreshing to i reckon it's um, awesome here yeah, yeah it's awesome but there is still this big slut shaming culture what do you think of that i get slut shamed a lot really because really? of the content that i put out and what i stand for which is like having amazing lots of sex. Yeah. <laughs> but that's, not, that's, yeah, that's wrong. And, you know, I think slut shaming culture has a very, has very deep roots. Mm. And sadly, the symptom of it is typically young, misguided men slut shaming other young women because they are uncomfortable with their own sexuality mm. you would rarely see an attractive successful person slut shame women because they're too busy being successful and achieving um you know it's usually the people that are not like don't have a lot going on in life mm. uh that tend to have time to judge other people mm. um and to even like have the space to like make videos and <laughs> post about them so at the end of the day my approach to people that slut shame is kindness is you know instead of saying well you're slut shaming is probably because you're unsuccessful and ugly just kidding <laughs> um i don't say that i approach it with kindness like hey you know what type of sex or, or what type of sex are you looking for what type of relationship are you looking for sending you good energy i hope you find your loved ones like you know i i don't necessarily i never attack people back because i don't think an attack uh, it back has ever worked on anyone. So, no. uh, yeah, do you right, just show kindness and sex positivity? Absolutely. Absolutely. Dr. Tara, thank you so much for joining us in this podcast. It's been amazing. We've learned so much. We There's have. so I, many terms I, I, that we now know. We could have gone for so much longer as well. I have so much more questions <laughs> to ask you. Like, yeah, we might have Ooh. to get you back on the podcast. Yeah, definitely look into that. Yeah, this was a fun little threesome. Thanks, yeah. guys. We could explore further into that. I've got so many questions like you've put TikToks about tickling the balls, all this sort of stuff. <laughs> like, I love it. I reckon it's amazing. Thank you so much. We really appreciate your time. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for having me.
Well, that's all we've got time for today, guys. Thank you so much for joining us. As always, make sure you follow us on Instagram at Where's Your Head At Pod and join our Facebook group, Where's Your Head At Fam. We absolutely love how involved you guys are. So if you haven't joined yet, please do. It's so much fun. Also, don't forget to give us a five-star review on iTunes, Apple Music, Spotify, or wherever you listen to our show. It really goes a long way for us. I'm Anna McAvoy. And I'm Matt Zikowski. See you next time. Bye. Bye.